I remember when I was a kid, um, the movie came out, The Karate Kid. And I just thought that was cool. I I watched it over my grandma's house. And we got done, and I'll tell you, for the rest of the day, me and my brothers were outside jumping, kicking, fighting, breaking things, you know, all that other stuff. Just how it gets in your mind uh, uh, of wanting to do that and, and wanting to fight and wanting to win. And, and uh, I, I remember when I was a little older, we were at Walmart in, in Alabama, and a karate studio was out there, and they put on a demonstration out in the parking lot and out in the parking lot, they, they did that. And then afterwards, they pass out publications and say, come to this. We'll teach you how to fight. We'll teach you how to defend and everything. And from that minute on, I was like, all right, this is my chance to become a real Ninja Turtle. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, they will help me fulfill my dreams. And I got in, and I got hooked, and I did it for years and years and years, and I loved it. And honestly, this is a part of my life that I don't think I've actually really told a lot of people about, you know, me growing up. And and doing that, and so, um, anyways, I'll show you some pictures just because uh, it's, it's, this is going way back, and uh, the one thing, the, the only dif- difference is I'm still just as cool, just so you know, except I had hair back then, and some of you might not have ever seen me with hair, but uh, I, I, I can't even remember which pictures that I gave Rachel, I said, I said, just, I was thinking, this is cheese, but I'm, I'm going to do it. You flip through the, the go, get, not that one, not that one, go to the other one. All right, there you go. <laughs> that is just pure awesomeness on a screen. Just so you guys know, I could just flash that in a, in a dark alley and make people would run and tremble. They had no idea. Dude, look at that. Just the, the hair alone. Look at I. I had a wave. I had it going on. It was awesome. I was one of the only people that we couldn't get into the, the pictures to take pictures for karate until my hair was just the white sway, you know, going back. And it was just, it was just pure awesomeness. And uh, I, I remember I started getting into karate tournaments when I was there. And uh, my first karate tournament, I remember I was, I was just awesome. I was, a, I was an orange belt. If you don't know anything about karate, that means I had just gotten started. And I went out there and just swung and kicked and everything. And I walked out of there with a, 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 a first place trophy. I was like, uh, like 13, 12, something like that. Then I, I, I got into the black belt division. And I went to my first tournament as a black belt. And you're in this stadium. And they put the black belts in the middle. And you can take that picture down seriously. <laughs> uh, they, I, we, we got into this, um, this dude, seriously. I need a button down here where I can shut Richard down. <laughs> so I, I, I got out there, and I, I'm fighting. And, you know, I'm thinking, I, I, I had a brand-new uniform on. I had my black belt. I was strutting. We all, we all went in there with matching jackets that had our studio on the back, just like you see in the movies. I thought I was awesome. So we get out there, and this dude, the first dude that I had to fight in the black belt division, he walks out there. He, was, he had to be at least six, eight inches taller than I am. He stood right there. And I'll be honest, I was a little nervous. And I stood there and I looked at it and I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go for it. I'm the little guy. This is going to be a David and Goliath story. I'm going to go in, catch him off guard. The guy gets in the middle. He says, ready, fight. And he comes back and, and I just jumped and I, I went in for a sidekick to kick him. And bam, he hit the floor and bam, he was out. But bam, the he was me. Okay. <laughs> and no joke, 
seconds into this fight, seconds into this fight, I had a, a guy standing over there slapping my face going, dude, are you all right? And I was out. And I learned really fast that black belts fight a lot different than orange belts do. And he was ready, and I was not. And uh, yeah, my mom was watching. It was not funny. I, I, God allowed me to learn a lot of lessons from there. And I tell you, there's a lot of people that took karate, a lot of people that I grew up with. They had the look. They had the jackets. They even had the belts. But they weren't ready for a battle. And I, I think about us in church about how many people just, you can come in with your Bible, you can say the words, you can repeat it, you can have the history, and yet all of a sudden they end up being one of those casualties in the ring. And, and I tell you this, I'll, I'll get into explaining, you're thinking, man, I'm just going overboard with this. No, this is a modern day version, literally a modern day version of what I'm talking about, or what Jude was talking about in this passage in Jude 1.3. And Jude was laying out this thing about fighting for the faith, and it was literally using a biblical illustration of, of being in battle. And I thought about how it is for us, of how we got these borders and how many people, you're stuck in there. And sometimes you feel like you're pushed against the ropes. And sometimes you're in there and sometimes you're pushing forward. And sometimes you just want to quit. And it's like there's no way out and I can't quit. And I've got I've to keep going at it for the sake of my kids or my church or my family or my marriage or my grandkids or whatever it is. But eventually, it's like, what, what hit me? How did I get out? Let, let me read this. Jude chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, and called, mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. So he gives this introduction, and then he gets right into it. And you can feel his passion as he says this. He says, beloved... When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Let's pray. Lord, as we dive into this, Lord, I pray that you just help or this, this thought and the mental image of this, Lord, to sink into our hearts and minds. Lord, I understand, Lord, that we are in a fight. You've given that illustration over and over again in your word. And Lord, in this passage right here where you lay out, Lord, for us to earnestly contend, to fight, to take up arms, to suit up and go at it. Lord, help us understand the heart of the matter of why so many Christians that want it so bad end up on the mat. Lord, bless us as we study. We pray this in your name. Amen. Notice the passion. It didn't just say contend for the faith, that you earnestly contend for the faith. It's the only time in the New Testament that this phrase is used right here. It goes back to the Grecian games, and it was comparing the Christian life to fights and the competitions. It said earnestly. It was talking about having a determination that I'm going to win. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to fight. I'm going to swing. I'm going to give it all I've got to compete or fight and give it all you got without holding anything back. The word contend comes from the word that means this, or the phrase that means this. To struggle, it means to endeavor to accomplish something. It literally means to fight, to labor fervently, and to strive. A contender is simply somebody that's willing to get into the ring, and God says, all right, you've got the enemy, it's the world, the flesh, the devil, the opposition, everything going against you. And God said, I want you to literally, and, and Jude is saying, hey, Christian, 
Get in, get suited up, go in there, and I want you to passionately fight for what you believe in. Now, I know there's some that sit there and go, I'm not doing that. Man, I, just, I go to church, and I, I love being in church, and you know, I love singing the songs and stuff like that, but there's no way. I want a program coming on Wednesday nights to help kids. I, man, I don't have time for that. We, we have a lot of bystanders. We have a lot of people that are in it, and man, God's given them arena, but they, the, the, the devil is just going at it, and he's swinging, and he's taking people down, but they don't want to get off the corner. They, they sit there, and they're comfortable right here. That's why he said, I, I earnestly beg of you, stand up, get up, get in there, put your gloves on, and go at it. I beg of you. And we're going to get into the part of it and say, Pastor Tony, I've done that. And I can tell you what, I'm against the ropes, I'm down on the mat, I am worn out, I am frustrated, I am tired. This is why he wrote this. According to verse 4, there was Christian casualties that were being deceived, dropping their guards, philosophy of the wicked creeping in, distraction from the truth, people getting off from what they knew. They were abusing their liberty in Christ. But he uses the people in Egypt as an illustration in verse 5, and he keeps going, and he says, I will therefore put in remembrance. He said, let me remind you guys of something. Remember those guys that were saved out of Egypt and they rejoiced on the other side and they were like, woohoo, our God is awesome, our God did this and all this. said, so, though ye once knew this, how the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that believed not. He said, let me remind you guys of something. There's a lot of people that have God has saved and you brought into the battle and all after a while they just throw down and quit and they just say, I can't do this, I can't fight, I can't push, and I can't do it anymore. This is life. See, God saves us. God commands us to fight the good fight of faith, spiritual warfare, all the different passages, the verses, the little slogans on our book, uh, the little bookmarks in our Bibles, the pay, pictures on Facebook and all that other stuff. You know, it's like, fight the fight, give the devil a black eye, go at it, all this. So in our zeal, we get that in our minds, and that's what we do. And you say, is that bad? No, 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 you just hear me out. We fight, so we get in the ring, and we suit up, and we tell the devil, you can't have my kids. You know what? I, I have a bus route. I go into that neighborhood, and you, you, know, you're, you, you put on that ministry, if you would. You, you suit up. You put on that ministry and say, Satan, you are not going to take him out. I, I, will, I will come at you. I, I, this is, you stepped into my world, my church, my neighborhood, my home, my marriage, you've stepped in there, and I will fight tooth and nail until I bring you down. We know that. The spiritual application is that we fight to do what we know to do to encounter them. So take, take that illustration of, okay, if Satan's going to go after my kids, I'll get on a bus route. It, it, you know what, Satan, if you're, if you're going to go after my family, then, then I, I'll just I'll put my family in church. So the thing is, in our minds, we do what we know to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the scary thing is, when we do what we know to do, but there's still people hitting the ground. I'm, I'm not going to get into it. This is, that's not my point. I've been in church my entire life. I was born into church. I was raised in church. I was raised around this all my life. And I can't tell you how many casualties that I've seen can't tell you how many people, good people, that earnestly contended for the faith, and yet they, the, the, the enemy pushed them back and gave them a good fight, and they contended, but they ended up falling down. Why? Why do so many good men fail? Why do so many Christians fall into sin? 
Why do so many leaders drop out? Why is there right now that you're sitting there going, I remember so-and-so. Man, they led me to the Lord, but I've not seen them in years. I don't know how somebody that knew so much and was so faithful could fall. Have any of you guys ever wondered that? How in the world, when they were the one that taught me, we step back and say, I'm shocked. Stand back and say, I can't believe this. So many were saved under their ministry. So many were faithful. Let me say this. To the point where even in my mind at some point, I'm just being honest. I have literally thought this in the past, and maybe some of you have as well. Inevitably, at one point in time, it will eventually be me. I have thought that. When I've seen people that I have loved and said, that's a man of God and that's awesome and they were a perfect parent and they were this and that and then I see them one after another and phone calls and different things and I thought, wow, that must be inevitable. Eventually you fight, you fight, you fight until you literally can't fight anymore and then God take me home or just whatever and eventually I'm going to hit the mat. But I'm here to tell you as a church today that that thought is a lie. It is not true. And God has given us scriptures over and over again. And the only thing we can do to turn this around is for us this morning to be heart-to-heart honest as to what is the problem. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. I want you to get this illustration, this foundational principle. And we're going to pick up on this again but I, I, want, I want you to get, get this in your mind. And we're, we're going to go all the way to the beginning of the beginning of the beginning as to why and how this works and how to win the fight. David was a great, great contender of the faith. One of the greatest examples we have in the Old Testament. You guys know about David when he went against Goliath. He was small. When he put on the gloves in a sense to go against Goliath, he stood there that day and he said, I don't have armor, I don't have this, I don't have that, but today you will fall, Goliath. And in our minds, we say, I want to conquer the Goliaths in my life and I want to take down, and we, we say all those things and it's all true. But what made different, David different? You know, there was another guy before him named Saul. And Saul was a great guy as well. Stood head and shoulders above everybody else. He had the look, he had the physique. He went through the motions, he had the title, he had the crown, he had the following, he had the resources, he had all this, but he fell. 1 Samuel 16, 7, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the what? The heart. Let's stop and think about the physical application of that for a minute. And you're sitting there going, wait a minute. God's not talking about the heart like we think about, but just stop and think about this, how cool this is. Here he is talking about the heart is the uh, illustration. Now the truth of the matter is the heart, from what I've studied, and I'm not claiming to be a doctor here, but the heart is literally about the size of your fist. It sits there in the, the core of our lives, and it sits there and it pumps blood and oxygen and carries blood and oxygen to the muscles, helping get rid of uh, toxins in our bodies, transporting oxygen that it needs and giving the entire body the strength that it needs to accomplish the functions that it needs to accomplish. The blood in our body delivers healing. When you run and you exert a lot of energy, your heart races. It is your heart, the core, the battery, the central 
core of you that begins to go in overcharge to give you the strength that you need, and it beats on the right pattern to give you the strength to keep pushing forward. It gives you that stamina to stand up. It gives you the oxygen to breathe. It gives your muscles to breathe. Everything about it comes from the core of you, which is your heart. If it quits working or if it gets weak, it quits sending to the rest of your body what it needs in order for those organs and muscles to perform. Nothing works without the heart. Nothing works without the heart. If your heart is not healthy, you cannot fight. If your heart is not in shape, you will run out of steam. If your heart is not strong, your body cannot be strong. If your heart is weak, it cannot handle the weights and stresses that we put on it. And eventually you will have heart failure on the inside, not outside. You can still be suited up. You can still be in the battle. You can still be in the zone. You can still have all the witnesses watching you. And you can still hit the ground because of what happened on the inside. It's his illustration, God's illustration. You say the Bible is not referring to the blood-pumping vessel, Pastor Tony, in our hearts. I know that. But we cannot deny that it was God's illustration talking about the heart of man. The illustration that God gave us still applies. The heart is the seat or the core of emotions of man. It's the center of man. It describes a place where we love, what we think, what we believe, what we care about, what we invest in, what we think about in our brains, who we love, how we act out these things. It is the Bible that speaks to our heart. You realize that here's the thing. Talking about the core of man, the inner you, the true you, you were created in the arms and the fingers and the mind and the breath of God Almighty. He created us in his image. And in the seed of emotions of man, God's word that he gave to us takes his word and he speaks directly to our hearts. You say, why is this world falling apart? They're dying of heart failure. They don't have being fed to them that which will make them strong. You realize that over and over again, when the Bible describes the heart, the heart, the heart, the heart, do a search on it. You'd be blown away at how much the Bible talks about the heart. See, the Bible talks about a strength in the heart when we believe and we love and we fall in love with God. When we hear a message and the Bible is being preached, it affects our hearts. In a sense, when we get in there and we strengthen the heart muscle, and God does that from the inside out. When we get into those fights, God is the one that takes over and gives us the ability to keep going, to pull back, and gives us everything that we need. Let's clear the air on some misconceptions. I think it's important for us just to lay this out so that everybody has an idea of what exactly we're talking about. Because at the end of my message, I'll just hit our points and then we'll pick up next week. But I think it's important that I lay this out and I get people to understand. Kyle Kesslering. Can you come up here? You do. <laughs> I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Yeah, I figured. That can be your corner. Yeah. Dude, you know I just picked an easy target. Oh. Come on, man. Just be a man and put them on. 
Here, I, I, I just want to lay out these things to where you guys get this, all right? In our minds, okay, in the arena of life, we see the opposition. You have to play the bad guy. It just, it just works for you. You're the bad guy. So Kyle's going to represent the world, the flesh, the devil, everything wicked you could think about. Just think of Kyle. Okay? You cool with that? Yeah. I just was trying to think of somebody that would be good at that, and the Lord said, Kyle. And I was like, okay. I can only wear one glove because I can't flip through my notes. When my, you know, just like. So here it is. With everything that we know as Christians, fight the good fight. Contend. Do this. Do that. And so that gets ingrained in our minds. And guess what? Sometimes us preachers, we preach to you wrong because we get things out of whack and you fail and you fall. And it's because we did not put things in order. So here it is. I'm sitting in church. You better contend for the faith. All right, I'll try to put the other one. We'll, we'll contend for the faith. I can't get this one on. <laughs> I was like, so we contend for faith, and we sit there in church, and we say, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to give it my best. I'm going to jump in there. I'm going to fight for my kids. So we say, man, I'm going I'm to get my kids in one. I'm going to get them in vacation Bible school. We're, we're going to do devotions. I'm going to read to them. In the zeal of our hearts, we stand up. We jump to the center, come to the center, make it a clean fight. Don't really hit me. <laughs> No, no, okay. Because I've got to finish this thing, man. Okay. Don't want to mess with this, dude. That's a moneymaker. So we go at this, and the whole mindset of this is, and guys, just to be honest, the harder I fight, the better chance that I'll win. Does that make sense? Yeah, look at the world. You never see a fighter and then sit there and go off the other side and say, man, just take it easy, pace yourself, whatever. No, they say, get in there, man. Give it all you got. Swing hearts. We do this. And so you know what we do as Christians? That's exactly what we do. We have it in our minds. Fight the good fight. Fight hard. Swing. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. All these verses, I am more than conquerors through him that loved us. All right, I'm going to claim all those verses. I'm going to go in it. And so we go against the world, and guess what? Eventually you swing, 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 and you either get exhausted, you either get knocked out, or you come back over here and you just say, I just can't do this. Because the misconception about how to win a fight comes for the harder you fight, the better chance you have of winning. That's why we have exhausted marriages. Marriages that are sitting there and they're going out and they're swinging and saying, man, I, I don't want to give up. I love my wife too much. I, I, gotta, I don't want to lose my kids. I, 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 I got to get back in that ministry, but I'm so exhausted. I can't do this. I dread going to church on Sunday because I want to give it all I've got. And eventually we just sit there and eventually good people that love God end up on the mat. Because we've got the misconception that the harder I fight, the better chance that I have of winning. Because I say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper is what God says. Come on, devil, I'm going to bring you down, and eventually you go down. Let me give you another misconception. It's not about how much you know. Let me tell you, people with Bible college degrees, people that have known the move, studied it, studied their opponent, they have it in their minds, they're in there, and they're thinking, I'm going to block, I'm going to do this, I know to do this, I know to lift up my arm, I know to swing in here, I know to step back, I know to move forward, I know all those things. And so you know what it is? Because you come to church. I hope you're learning to fight every time you come to the church. The whole mindset is, I'm going to put on the full armor of God, and I'm going to go in there. Satan's this. In my Sunday school class this morning, great example, we talked about how Satan attacks, about how he works. And there, I'm, I'm sitting there. We studied you this morning, Kyle. We're just sitting there going, yeah, so 
So we're learning about how you fight, what you do, and everything, and all of a sudden, we still go down. And it blows us away. Let me tell you, David was not only a good fighter, he not only knew the word of God, he wrote some of the word of God. It's not about how much you know. It's not about how long you've been in church. It's not about all these things that we put the emphasis on. So we get this idea, I know what's right and wrong. I grew up in church my entire life. Pastor Tony, I could quote the books of the Bible. I could do this. I'm here to tell you, winning the fight is not how hard you fight, and it's not about how much you know. It's not about how much you do. It's not about how much you serve. Let let me tell you, there's a fear in churches. We want to do so much that we're sitting there and we put in as much as we can. And Kyle can tell you this. We've been in church a long time, Kyle. Isn't it amazing how we've got this idea that, you know what, I'm going to take on this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to fight hard. And we've got a lot of people that think, man, you know what, we're not winning. Well, I'm involved in Bible school. I do junior church. I sit there and do this. I'm involved in the pageant. I'm doing this. But I'm not bringing them down. You know what I need to do? I need to get more involved. Let me tell you, some of you are so involved, you can't, you can't see straight. And some of you are doing nothing, and you should be helping the ones that are so involved. It, it, it's, it's part of it, but I'm here to tell you, it's not about how much you do. And I've talked to people that said, that they, they, they go down on the ground, and they're looking at that casualty, and they sit there and go, man, I can't believe that. I can't believe they fell in that sin. I can't believe they fell to the side. You know what? He was my Bible teacher. You know what, he was this and he was that and he's the one that led me to the Lord and man, he was in charge of Awana and man, you know what, he did this and he did that and so we stand back there in shock that that used to be a deacon or that used to be this or whatever because we've got this idea, well, they did so much, I can't believe that happened to them. Let me give you the last one. It's not about how long you've served. People have served for years and have fallen. Even David, a man after God's own heart, when he sinned with Bathsheba, was after Goliath, after the lion, after the bear, after he raised up his 400 mighty men, after he went in over and over and over again and took the city of David and all the other great things that he did. After all of that, it doesn't matter. You're sitting in here and go, we drop our guards. Here's a fear. A lot of us, we drop our guards and think, man, I've been doing this for years. I've grown up in church my whole life. It doesn't mean I'm going to win. And it doesn't mean that I can't be taken out. And don't sit there and write on the idea that I know it, I've been there, I do a lot, and I've been here for a long time because I tell you this, you're a casualty in the making. You are a casualty in the making. We are so consumed with the outside pushing hard, doing more, getting involved, swinging hard, getting up, being wore out. And we either got casualties, wore out Christians, or people sit on the bench, but we don't have as many victories as we need. Thanks, Kyle. You can see if I want to hit you, we might meet after church. (laughs) Say, what's your point? What's your point? What's your point? Here's, here's how we have to fix this. If you jump into the ring with the devil, I promise you, he's going to go for the throat. And he's not going to quit. I can't give the devil a lot of compliments, but I can give him this compliment. He's not a quitter. I, I, I got in this and I said, Lord, then what, what is wrong? How do we, how do we fix this? It's, it's not an outward thing, and it's not all the misconceptions So I want to just close with my close and give you our points and we'll be done. 
close with the heart of the fighter, which is the message that I want to deliver today on this subject. Allow me to set some things up for next week so that you understand where we're going with this, okay? Talked about the heart, and I think some of you started drawing the attention, going, oh, so the physical heart pumps everything that we need. It brings healing. It brings the energy. It brings the strength. It brings the oxygen. It brings everything from the core of that. If that is weak, it doesn't matter all these other things that we had. It doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter how hard you swing. And not as longer uh, how long you've been in the ring. It doesn't matter all that. It all depends on the strength of your heart. So let me show you this. Number one is the condition of our heart. In Jeremiah 17, 9, it will be on the screen so you don't have to turn there. Jeremiah 17, 9, the Bible says this about your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Can I tell you, it is human nature to lie. It is human nature to lust. It is human nature to get upset. It's human nature to want to quit. Your heart, physically, of itself, and we, we take it, of itself, the Bible says, let me tell you the condition of your heart. It's bad. I'm going to tell you. God steps in as the heart doctor right there and says, it's bad. You've corroded it with all the junk of this world. It's weak. It's worn out. You can try and try. Get in there and go against drugs and alcohol and everything. And that, let me tell you, when we start losing, that's a lot. what a lot of the world does is turn around and they say, you know what, I need something. I need something. So we try everything under the sun to keep us in the game. But let me tell you, what the world offers you is the pollutions that get into our hearts to just make us weak. All it does is wear you out even more. And the lie of the devil is, more you do it, drink a little more, take a little more, do a little more, look a little more, all this other stuff. And the devil's lying knowing that that's only going to drag you down. The Bible says the heart left to itself will eventually go back to its roots. Even in church, even sitting in church, even doing the things that we know. Because the Bible said your spirit indeed is willing, but your flesh is weak. So the Bible explains the condition of the heart. Let me show you, here's where it gets good, is the conviction of the heart. Why it is it so important that you guys are here today? And it breaks my heart for the other ones that stayed in bed this morning and said, oh, I don't need that, it's just church, I went last week, blah, 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 because we're not getting it. You guys realize that we're not getting it. We have good people that are falling to the side and failing and falling on their faces because they're not getting it. Let me show you, here's a verse. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. You know what the Bible is saying right here? The word of God goes straight for your heart. It's not me. You sit there and go, oh, I really enjoyed that message today. I promise you, you can't say that and say you really enjoyed Pastor Tony because the only thing that I know to give you is this. My job is to deliver this. If you go to a church that does not deliver this, get out of that church. If you ever come to this church and I'm not standing up there giving you this, you need to fire me and get me out of this church. Do you understand? It is only this that changes lives. You can come there and say, why is it so important? Because the Bible tells us, teaches us to preach the word of God. It is quick. It is alive. It is powerful. You come in there in the heart of man that is so defiled and wicked and stuck in its evil ways and wants to lust and wants to cheat and wants to lie and wants to do all that. The Bible says that it cuts straight there. You might bring somebody and say, oh, they're so cold and they're so hard and they don't care and this. And the Bible says, man, 
You have no idea the power of God's word. Listen to this. And of the joy in tomorrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, we look at the condition of the heart and you say, man, it's hard. That's why you can get out there and you can fight and you can fight and you can fight and you can fail and you can fail and you can fail. The Bible says, I'm going I'm to give you something that's so powerful and God convicts you and you get the junk out. The inside out. Do you get that? It's, it's better than any kind of valve replacement and all the other stuff that we do. I promise you, the heart of man, God said, I will take care. I will intervene. I will interject. I will convict. I will open their eyes. I will show them through the power of God's word. It's called conviction. Do not ever run from conviction. And don't get mad at me if I stand up to preach something that goes against while you feel or something that you're doing if it comes out of God's word because God's saying, I'm trying to make you better. I'm trying to strengthen you as a fighter. I'm trying to strengthen you as a husband and a wife and a child and a teen and a grandma. I'm trying to make you better. So the Bible says that the word of God, he cuts to our hearts. It's powerful and the spirit of God comes in in us. And all of a sudden with the word of God in our lives and the power of God in our hearts and God makes us stronger through the word of God and through his strength and his strength alone, you're in that fight. And it's the spirit of God that gives you that energy to swing and fight. And it's the energy of God and the wisdom of God that tells you to block and stand back. It's the wisdom of God that tells you to take two steps forward and run in there like David did at that right time. It is the Holy Spirit of God that has control of you. And I tell you now, he can't have control of you when you have the junk inside. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. God says, you know what? You sit there and pollute your heart and then you get out there and fall on your faces and you don't exercise the way that you should and all these other things. It's going to make a lot more sense next week. Let me close with this one. The conviction of our heart and the last thing is the change of our hearts. Is it possible to win the fight? Let me explain something that will kind of wrap it together. Romans 10.9, you say, oh, that's a salvation verse. Listen to it. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine what? That God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the what? Man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I, I want you to understand something. It is a relationship with God. It is, you, you, they, they asked Jesus in the Bible, what is the greatest commandment in the word? You know what Jesus responded with in Mark twelve thirty, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all that mind, with all that strength, and this is the first and great commandment. God is an inward power that conquers from the inside out. You realize the reason that you're here today is God brought you here because he wanted to minister to your heart. God wants to strengthen your heart. God wants to strengthen your relationship. The core, the root, the love, the knowledge, the inside, and then we don't do it on the outside. Let me close with this illustration. My, can you bring up that last thing? You're going to say, what in the world does this mean? That's a good-looking man standing next to a good-looking woman. That's what that is. And if you're new here, that's my wife. So, <laughs> My wife is out of town, or, and she's in Alabama today, or else I would have just used her as this. Let me tell you, we've been married for 17 years, and I love my wife like crazy. 
And I can tell you, our marriage is stronger today than it was even 17 years ago. And you say, how is that possible? Well, here's how it's possible, because I got into the arena, and in my marriage, I have learned the more that I do, the better our marriage is going to be. See, I, I figured if I'm doing the dishes, and I come home and I cut the grass, and I, and I'm, I, I bring home a check and I do all that, because the more I do, the better my marriage is going to be, right? No, no, it's the more I know about my wife. You see, the more I know about my wife, and the more I know what she likes and all this, turn around and say, wait, wait a minute, there's a lot of people that know a lot about their wife, but still, that doesn't mean that you're going to win. You say, no, 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 it's not that, it's how long you've been married. You know, it's, it's, it, you've been married, and you say, no, 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 you, you guys get what I'm saying now. Let me tell you what it is. It's the relationship that I have with my wife that makes my marriage strong. It is the fact that I go home, and I talk with my wife, and I spend time with my wife, and I hold her hand, and she tells me how she feels, and I tell her how she feels. Or, no, I don't tell <laughs> Sometimes. And... And all of a sudden, what God does is he strengthens, not the outward, but the inward, my relationship with my wife. And I'm going to go out, and I'm going to face temptation, I'm going to face this and that, and I'll tell you what makes me strong is the fact that I have the inward desire to stand up and fight for what I love. You say, what's your point? It's the same point with God. We have got to get out of the mindset that it's the more I do, the more I go, the more I sit, the more I sing. Those things are great, but they will not help you win the fight. A lot of us need to just get serious with God and say, God, I'm involved in 10 ministries and I never read my Bible. God, I'm involved in this and that and I do this and that. And the truth of the matter is I don't pray like I should. I don't stop, I don't worship, I don't sing, I don't praise, I don't thank you. And God says, then that's why you're so worn out. Because you do all the outward, and you go through the motions, and you swing hard, and everybody thinks you're a great fighter, but on the inward, you're getting closer and closer and closer to falling on your face.